Good morning and welcome to chapel. Thanks. Okay, that was just awesome. We get to hear you again later, right? Next week, while a number of our undergrads are off on spring break, this group gets to travel through the Pacific Northwest. Please take our pride with you as you go. Have some measure of fun while you're working on our behalf and selling the school to the Northwest. They know something about the weather today, but they would much rather come when it's sunny. So, encourage students to come. Thank you, and thanks for your sound and presence this morning. We remember former Vice President of Finance here at the University, Dean Buchanan, has died and his um, memorial service is coming up soon, as is this Saturday, former President of the University, Mark Matthews. His uh, memorial service will also be on Saturday. There is, there are a number of announcements in your bulletin, one of those to highlight for those that are interested would be the family of Abraham Picnic. You'll see that particular announcement on the very back page. I'll encourage your attendance and your interest in that event. We want to give a special uh, nod of thanks to uh, Matt Ward for bringing the message today. Random fact, while he does a number of things here at the university and for the university. He'll also be stepping off property this weekend to run where? Yeah. So in his spare time, he's going to run the LA Marathon. Run well and win. <laughs> or better said, finish. Does that work? God's peace and presence be with you as you uh, labor at that particular run. We gather in the name of God, God who loves us and surrounds us, God who hears our anxiety, understands our humanity, and loves us unconditionally. We gather in the name of God. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Loving Spirit, we come before you today bringing all of our doubts, fears, and anxiety about ourselves and about the future. We rest assured in the knowledge that you are near, that you love us, and that you do not leave. Gentle presence, envelop us in your love. Amen. Please be seated. Before I read the text I'm about to read, I would like to share with you how God works in mysterious ways, and I hope you'll appreciate it. Matt Ward chose this specific text weeks ago. And how fitting it is that today we read from the, century, the 14th century Persian poet, Hafiz, who talks about light. Now yesterday, if you noticed, was a full moon. Yesterday was the equinox. Also was Nuruz, which is the Persian New Year, and Purim, 
which happened at the Persian Empire. Huli, which is another Zoroastrian which has a holiday which has roots in Empire, Persian Empire. So for me, it's all connected. Now listen to the text, which was chosen weeks ago, right? But it's all... I wish I could show you when you are lonely or in the darkness the astonishing light of your own being. So marathon, if you narrow the category enough, I can win. Maybe people from this university running, maybe I can win that, that one. I've also come to understand why at about mile 21 or so, that's where we have the, the people asking if you have Jesus. Because at that point, you'll pretty much do anything to end the pain. Um, so Javiz um, was introduced to me about five years ago during the winter solstice um, by my wife. Uh, the, the solstice has become um, an important part of my spirituality, increasingly so over the last decade or so. And there's a ceremony that she also introduced you to. She sent, gave me an LA Times article that described Shab-e-Yalda, uh, which is a Persian celebration uh, that celebrates the triumph of Mithra, the sun god over darkness. Um, the solstice, or night of birth, according to the tradition, marks a time when communities get together and confront the evils and trials of their lives during the darkest day of the year before celebrating the light of day. Uh, it's a celebration of the power of rebirth. To me, Yalda speaks to the human condition and serves as a reminder that we all experience periods of suffering and fear. It is also a reminder that within each of us, there is an anecdote to fear. For most of us to access that anecdote takes practice. Fear is a very powerful emotion. We can try to push it away, tuck it aside, cleverly revise, or resist fear, but it seems to sneak its way back into our lives, a lot of times in the form of anger, very often anxiety. Uh, one of its worst manifestations is with depression, uh, but certainly drives a lot of our unconscious behavior. So what if we flipped it and actually accepted our fear, didn't run away from it, looked straight at it as vulnerable human beings? So for me, that's not tough guy talk, right? Vulnerability, accepting your humi humility and humanity. When I was a kid growing up, there were plenty of playground wor words for guys who um, admitted their fear. Growing up, I didn't get a lot of signals that being afraid, showing fear, or being vulnerable were accepted ways of being. In high school, I played football all four years. I didn't like it. I hated football. I didn't like the hitting drills. In high school, I was the same height and weight as I am now, so you can understand why I didn't like hitting drills. And I will take this opportunity, this therapeutic moment, with you all now to say that I played football in high school in a state of fear 
instead of playing the sports or participating in the extracurricular activities that I actually wanted to participate in. Why? Because I was afraid of the shame of not being a part of a sports clique than I was in pursuing my interests. I would rather suffer the shame of football than pursue, I would rather absorb the fear than shame myself in doing the things that I actually wanted to do. I tucked aside a part of who I was so I didn't make myself vulnerable to others. I think the constructs we use to motivate young people to perform at the highest levels are fraught with fear and shame to the point of becoming an epidemic. The admission scandal at elite institutions illustrates the extreme an extreme example of how young people can get caught up in other people's expectations about who they should be. Sometimes this plays out in subtle ways with parents, teachers, and coaches pushing our young people into sports and other activities that look good on a college application. The intentions are usually good. We think we're encouraging young people to pursue their potential. But for me, potential is a loaded word. It's describing someone as not being good right now, who they are. After you accomplish something, then you're, you've met your potential. Then you are acceptable in my eyes, is a way that I interpret that, um, that it implies somehow that, that you in your heart, you, you know what's in their heart in terms of uh, where they should be and what they need to do to be considered successful. And I struggle with this. I struggle with this as the self-appointed coach and manager of my daughter's go professional golf career. <laughs> I'm realizing that during many of those hours on the driving range, uh, to help her develop her swing, I'm coming from a place of fear. If she doesn't develop her golf swing, then she may not be able to come, become the golfer that she could be or should be, right? So in my well-intentioned support, of helping her to become a better golfer, I'm missing who she is right now and what's in her heart. Add insult to injury after several years of golf lessons and successful tournament season. The other, a few weeks ago, um, at the dinner table, I asked her uh, what tournaments we were gonna sign up for. She said, I don't wanna play in any tournaments this year, Dad. So what's the thought pattern in my mind, right? I'm reeling at the loss of a successful golf career. It's all going down the drain. She's 10 years old. Naturally, young people are not the only victims of this cycle of idealized metamorphosis. Many of us are experts at denying ourselves love and acceptance until we become something different. Or until we reach a particular status. We come to identify with the idea that we are not good enough and develop thought patterns, shaming ourselves. We dwell, dwell on our mistakes, compare ourselves to others, on superficial criteria. We lose the capacity to forgive others. Compassion and empathy become inaccessible. Intolerance grows. The abused, in, in a word, becomes the abuser. To break out of this cycle takes a kind of toughness that I didn't learn on the playground. It's the strength of kindness to oneself. It's the strength to give ourselves permission to love our faults, recognize our fragility, and accept who we are right now in the present moment. We all want to belong and feel worthy. 
We all want to be forgiven our trespasses and be treated with empathy. Our shared humanity and our fragility are part of our light. Our willingness to treat our anxieties and fears with acceptance and compassion opens the door for love, the anecdote of fear. The Persian Yalda tradition demonstrates that rebirth is a part of our opportunity while on this earth. Much like the buds of fragile flowers on hillsides after devastating fires, we too have the innate potential for rebirth and renewal in the face of harm. Most importantly, we don't need to seek it. It's already who we are. I'll end with another Hafiz poem. That shield you hold. There is a shield you may still hold because of so many battles. I guess another conflict could begin any moment, so maybe lugging it about could be of some use. Or is it just an undermining habit? Does it not get heavy, so much so that you sometimes carry it on your head at noon? And then do you wonder, with your insecurities so intact, about casting darkness as fear, fears can shadows? Even if the sun is out, even if the sun is out, if God is really all around in the middle of a beautiful day or night, yes, how amazing that small umbrella or an illusion held over your head or clung to can hide the stupendous fact of omniscient light. This prayer is going to be centering prayer. Let us get into a comfortable position. Make yourself comfortable. Take a deep breath. Get comfortable. Close your eyes. Focus on the here and now. Centering yourself, however feels right to you. Let us sink into a mindful prayer. With every breath I take today, I vow to be awake. Every step I take, I vow to take with me, to take it with a grateful heart, so I may see with eyes of love into the hearts of all I meet, to ease their burden when I can. Touch them with a smile of peace. Amen. <laughs>